0: In the Patrice, fili spiritu sancti, amen. Ave Maria, gracia plana, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu, in muliaribus, benedictus, fructus ventris tui, Jesus.
1: Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostrae, amen.
0: In the spiritu sancti, amen. Brethren Christ, laudetur, Jesus Christus in it's secular. It's secular. This is Timothy Flanders with the meaning of Catholic Jesus is King. Welcome to another edition of the Terror of Demons morning show this week with special edition Catholic Empire series with Luis Medina and the paleocrat. Nah, the
2: all product, right.
0: And uh, our normal <laughs> our normal uh, co-host Jake Fowler and today welcoming uh one of our members in the online guild and the Apostolate, Adrian Alvarado. Adrian, how you doing, brother?
3: Happy to be here. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, it's an honor.
0: Yeah, Adrian is a Venezuelan uh, by ancestry Floridian. Uh, and we're going to talk about Catholic Florida today because we're talking about the Catholic founding of America. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Thank God for the United States of America. Um, we're very blessed in in these United States. And uh, we're just giving thanks to God for this, this wonderful place that we live in. And um, I, I was going to celebrate Canada Day but uh, as well, but Kennedy is not with us. But I also celebrate Canada because Canada is a beautiful place, just like just like pure Michigan. A lot of uh, similar geography. Unfortunately, they are under the domain of the Marxists at this point. But a lot of great French Catholic history, which we've covered with Charles Colomb on another broadcast with Kennedy. Um, so you can look that up. It's called French Catholicism in North America. It's a, it was a great conversation with Colomb on that. Uh, and we've also covered with Luis, we covered why Ca- Columbus Day is Catholic. That was another show we did for Columbus Day last fall. And uh, that, of course, is the great story of Our Lady of the Pillar, October 12th, when Our Lady's prophecy from the first century A.D. came true with the discovery of the Americas. Uh, But of course, today we're going to be talking about the continental United States, uh, all of the current geography, which is under the domain of the United States and the American Empire. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that and we'll talk about uh, toasting our our respective states and uh, this great country that we live in. So, um, but first, before we get into that, we are, let's see, welcome to the fourth week after Pentecost. What do we have coming up? We've got uh, today is a very old day, but uh, also great day for votive mass on the fourth of July. Yes. I'm going to mass at eight thirty. Um, it's always great to go go to mass on civil holidays and give Please. thanks for uh, things. We've got Tuesday Saint Anthony, Mary, Zacharia, and Thursday Saint Cyril and Methodius, patrons of Europe. Um, Apostles to the Slavs, St. Elizabeth of Portugal, a great married saint, and of course, Our Lady on Saturday. So um, we've got a, we will go into our, our guild stream today is going to happen at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, and that'll be the red pill on the American Revolution. So uh, we're, we're going to be very positive today. Kind of, I mean, I'm already <laughs> very uh, happy that it's the 4th of July, but... Uh, We'll we'll talk a little bit more about the controversial aspects of the American Revolution in 1776 and some of the red pills that you may have not heard of if you went through your public education. But I'd like to start today talking about the Catholic founding of America. Adrian Alvarado has written a wonderful article at One Peter Five, which I haven't yet published because I haven't clicked all the buttons, but it'll be uh, up in about a few hours uh, at onepeter5.com. Right now we have Timothy Gordon defending his thesis about the um, Catholic Republic. Um, but Adrian, can you tell us a little bit about Catholic Florida and the founding of Catholic America in regards to the continental United States?
3: Of course, of course. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's um, at least two uh, ways that uh, Florida helped found the United States, right? There is the pre- the, the pre-american history at the pre you know um british history which was the spanish empire but then also it's kind of interesting too because the the actual american republic would not exist without florida right george washington actually needed the help of the spanish in the south and the southern theater to get independence from great britain so there's actually it's fact it's kind of fascinating how there's that two dynamic there there's the the pre-history and there's also like the like the actual like American history too of Florida because that's kind of a forgotten 14th British uh colony during that time too so you could it could be either or which whatever one you want uh, to go for
0: oh well uh let's see the the founding of Catholic Florida was 200 years 200 years before uh the the 1776 that we celebrate today so can uh, g- give us any, any uh, high points of that, that uh, 200 years legacy, really, of Catholic Florida. Well, yeah, there's, there's
3: quite a bit. There's quite a bit. So in 1513, actually, on Easter, that is actually when Juan Ponce de Leon uh, goes and he actually sees Florida for the first time. And because uh, the Spanish used to call Easter uh, Pascua Florida, then he calls uh, Florida, he calls it Flor- Florida because of Easter. So it's actually kind of uh, kind of fascinating because there's that whole sp- period of exploration at that time, and so many people go in uh, trying to to establish Christendom, trying to establish civilization in Florida, and so many of them just just fall victim to uh, the the weather, the environment, the natives. It's it's a it's a really kind of uh, kind of bloody uh, period in that time, but uh, in 1565. That's really when you see the first successful establishment of, uh, of, a, of a city, which is St. Augustine. And it's actually kind of fascinating because it's actually on September the 8th. Uh, so again, kind of tied up, they're kind of Marian there too, because that's on the nativity of the Virgin Mary. And so on that day, the, the, the Spanish get there, they celebrate a massive Thanksgiving, right? With the natives They also have a, a, a feast with them, with a Timucua a tribe in that area. And so it kind of becomes a little bit like that first Thanksgiving. It's kind of fascinating, too, because, you know, uh, Eucharist, right? It, it also means Thanksgiving. So it's also very theological in that aspect as well. Uh, and so it's, it's really beautiful how that founding occurs, right? It's all intimately wound up with the Catholic faith. The, uh, the, the priest, uh, Grahalis, actually has all the men uh, come up to the cross and, and kiss, uh, genuflect and kiss it uh as they get there so it's actually kind of that beautiful image that that kind of that a wonderful thing going on and for a long long period you you see this this uh this birth of the mission system in florida this kind of lost mission system again a lot of these structures would have been uh older than a lot of the missions you would see in texas and california all these much more famous missions that we know these these beautiful kind of stone masonry um structures but in florida it would have been a lot more humble kind of like you see in this image right here that's uh, that's uh, father grahalis right there having uh pedro menendez kiss the, the cross he, he was the the leader of the group and you have the Timucua there as well so it's kind of that wonderful image this is actually inside the cathedral basilica of saint augustine this this uh, beautiful mural right there but yeah so you you see that mission system pop up and it's, uh, it, it was really robust uh, for that, that period. You had uh, the, the Franciscans and the Jesuits um, working there with uh, the natives. And it was really just, it was uh, very similar to the, the initial mission system you saw in, uh, in California as well with uh, uh, Father Junipero Serra, where, where you had you know, just the natives really uh, being the, the bulwark of the mission system. They would learn uh, different skills there, uh, metallurgy, uh, leather working uh, horse riding that sort of thing and uh, they would also practice agriculture there with uh, the the missionaries and it was uh it was something that that became really 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 widespread throughout the american south uh because at that time you know spain really laid claim to to much of the american south alabama mississippi georgia parts of the carolinas as well as having all those missions connected to the the, the the midwest the southwest all that's all that area as well and so uh really you don't see uh much trouble until uh you start seeing uh revolts from the natives also assisted by uh, by the british as well uh where a lot of these missions unfortunately were were burnt down destroyed and there actually there actually is a case for the martyrs of florida it was uh, over 80 uh martyrs that that uh that, that were that were killed for the faith and uh you see that 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 um being pushed by the bishops in, the, in this area uh to something that's that's really i think it's really beautiful something that's really wonderful and uh later on you would see uh this this incredible sort of fight right because the the uh the uh, the british from the north would also uh you know attack st augustine but you know, the fort would always would always 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 stand tall it would never, it never fell, and it wasn't until the British really bought Florida that you would see that it was, uh, you know, it was transferred. But then it would came, it came back during that American Revolution because uh, you would had uh, George Washington uh, work with the the Spanish, and the Spanish actually fought and went all into into Florida at that time. The British split it into West and East Florida, and so they would go into there, really fighting the way through, and eventually they would, uh, they would regain Florida and then only to be you know, bought uh, by the United States uh, after it had been formed uh, some years later.
0: Yeah, I want to I get into Galvez in just a minute, but I, first I want <clears throat> to, um, one of the interesting conspicuous things that one notices in the Catholic history of Florida, because the history of the United States is so, it, it's very much dominated by the issue of slavery, for example, the issue of racism, the issue of the Indians in the American West and all these things like that, uh, the Marxists continue to bring that up as a part of tarnishing the history, but they do it with good reason, obviously, because there are black spots, obviously. So, how do you, Adrian? What are the the ways that Catholic Spain is very different when it regards the blacks and the Indians in this period?
3: Yeah. So, so, uh, so when it when it comes to you know to, to black people to to African Americans, I mean, it was. Uh, it's actually kind of fascinating because the, the society that had been set up in Florida had, was one that, that, that was very different from uh, our preconceived notions of the American South. Uh, well, one thing in particular is the, the Spanish very quickly uh, introduced uh, laws to, to grant freedom to, to, uh, to, to slaves that were f- uh, f- uh, fleeing from uh, the American, um, the, the, the sort of North American British um, plantation system because they were trying to weaken uh that that system as best they could uh and so they would actually grant freedom to any uh runaway slave that, that made it onto uh Floridian soil and so what you saw kind of quickly happen is uh you saw they, they 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 were able to to found their own uh fort their own town had their own church and everything um it was called Fort Mose so something very something uh you know something that people wouldn't expect right you had a whole uh, community the first ever community of free black people in uh the whole you know what would be the united states was actually in florida and people don't don't even realize that and also just just from the very get-go from 1565 the first ever recorded marriage that we have the first ever recorded marriage that we have in this area and in what would become the united states was actually uh it was actually an interracial marriage. It was actually by uh, a free, uh, you know, African black woman uh, from Seville and then also uh, a Spaniard from uh, a white Spaniard from uh, from Segovia. And that was the first uh, ever marriage, really, in that area. And the church records, they show it there. And that's that's one of the first things we have written down uh, of the whole, you know, continental United States. And that's something that people wouldn't expect. They wouldn't expect that at all, really. But it was really uh, a very, very similar to, to, other, to other places. It was very uh, sort of diverse society or something that, that, that really reflects sort of a, the, the modern uh, US. You would have also seen that you know, the, the natives were also very, very, very integral to uh, the society. It's kind of fascinating because uh, I remember one, uh, one historian in particular would have, would, have, uh, would have said that the natives actually became more devout than, than the Spaniards uh, with the mission system, which you know sometimes is, is bound to happen, which is I guess I guess they're doing a good job, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, the especially the native women uh, is is uh, a particular note uh, became very devout and would actually they would actually go and help uh, evangelize other tribes, other uh, other natives as well. They became you know really uh, you know very integral to, to that, that, that mission system and to the spreading of the Catholic
0: faith. Sweet. Thanks, Andrew. And yeah, the, um, <clears throat> it's something that Luis and I have talked about. Luis has shared in our Catholic Empire series about the legacy of Spanish Christendom and Hispanidad in particular, in the ways that it has been able to integrate various peoples into the Catholic faith with also the Spanish culture, being a means to unite people and integrate people something that the united states has not has been very conflicted about and not been able to do to a great degree um Luis, do you have any comments on all that and also coming into the 1776 with uh, spain at that time uh Luis, what's your uh, comment
1: yeah. Uh, interesting connection. I also see how I have like a, a hypothesis, for example, you know how uh, Greek thought and philosophy develop in that era of the world. And, and to me, uh, several philosophers and there's some, you know, different answers. Why in that part of the world, this transcendental thought developed, you know, that eventually influenced our our culture, you know, our Greco-Roman civilization, all of us here and all that. Well, In Spain, I noticed this uh, society kind of merged and and, um, was uh, just sprang up uh, where race and even tongue, to be honest, like a language was not even a factor. I said it before where. You can be a Hispanic and a lot of people think it's about speaking Spanish, but I challenge that often because saying you can speak Italian or Basque or an indigenous tongue, whatever it is, and you still be Hispanic. That includes obviously French or English or whatever, you know, just because it's not about our tongue or our race. Uh, Why in this part of the world, in the Iberian Peninsula? Uh, these conditions were allowed to have this kind of idea of a society based on a value, in this case, our Catholic faith, rather than our ethnicity or our, our uh, culture, whatever it is. My hypothesis is that because the Spanish were confronted with a bigger threat, a transcendental threat, which was specifically the Moorish invasion, you know, the, the Muslims, in other words. So that kind of forces you to pick sides and, and really look at what matters and that model enabled us to you know they enabled the spanish to implement that model here what is nowadays america especially now um, modern america i see a lot of that similarities america right now is threatened uh by marxists as we all are witnessing right now and and putting in jeopardy the western heritage the western world and americans are realizing that it's up to this country really we're kind of like the last remnant and i'm not trying to be the whole patriotic you know We're so great manifest destiny type of attitude, but that's the reality at the end of the day. And it's because we're facing something that's trying to erase any transcendental aspects, you know, and America's still battling that line. And it's very important for us uh, in order to combat that to understand our origins. One of those is the Spanish origin. It's not the only one, obviously, it's the French and there's many, but that's a key element. Uh, If we wanna be successful at it, we gotta look at the society who successfully implemented that model, in this case, the Spanish. Um, In that connection, there's a lot of symbols and and, uh, facts actually that tie us together. I said it on Twitter, I think this morning, and I said it before, the interests of America are tied to the Hispanic community. And this is kind of important for us to remember. You know, um, apart each of us will fall and will be prey to the Marxists. We're seeing how this is happening in actually Hispanic America. Uh, Adrian's not going to let me, you know, lie. He's witnessing what's happening in Venezuela and Mexico, and other parts of the world. In America, we're still fighting the fight, just like at the beginning of this nation. And I wrote an article. Uh, Last week, I think it was published this weekend, right, Timothy, if I'm not mistaken, highlighting some of the contributions of early Spanish uh, in in what is now today the United States. Bernardo de Galvez is one of my favorite ones. There's many, by the way, Uh, so I will never do full justice because there's so many Spaniards. But Galvez is one of my favorite ones because uh, he single-handedly, in my opinion, my humble opinion, actually represented the key ally for for America, actually, to become what it is nowadays. Bernardo de Galvez, as Adrian mentioned also, uh, won major victories. What will this represent for the United States? The British at that time were blockading, um, as Adrian mentioned, part of the South. And Galvez used the Mississippi River to smuggle weapons and supplies and all these key elements for the Americans to keep on and, and winning that revolution. There was also strategically, uh, there was some interest in Spain, uh, obviously to uh, defeat the British. And also um, a little side fact that I failed to mention in that open piece that I, I wrote is Luis de Unzaga. And I thought about this a lot. Luis de Unzaga, uh was uh, Bernardo de Galvez's brother-in-law. And we have another theme again with whole like, Spanish culture. We have a Basque, which was Unzaga, and then a Malaguenian or Southern Spaniard, which is Galvez. Well, Unzaga was actually, believe it or not, the guy who gave the United States of America its name in a letter to George Washington. It was discovered uh, a few decades back, which he had personal correspondence with General Washington. And he addressed him as General Washington of the United States. And he liked that term so much uh, that that's how we ended up adopting the United States of America, believe it or not. So there's a lot of that connection uh, going on. And as we learn our Spanish roots uh, in this country, we will be able to keep you know, advancing and implementing what the, our ancestors did back then to our modern cultural battle back then was the british now they we have the marxists so we got to kind of gather up and regroup and push through our catholic faith uh successfully once again
0: yeah yes amen so we've got um catholic spain getting involved Uh, so yeah the catholic powers in 1776 are divided on 1776 but we do have two major catholic powers siding with the patriots namely Spain and France. Um, The French Catholics of Quebec side against them. uh, But we also have the Catholic family of the Carroll family in Maryland, Mm
1: -hmm. the Catholic
0: colony of Maryland, as we we should say, uh, also sides with the Patriots. Uh, There's also a lot of rank and file Catholics just sort of scattered about the colonies. They side with the Loyalists and they fight on the other side. Um, but then there's also other powers it becomes a world war the 1776 Mm -hmm. other powers jump in um, because people are trying to weaken the british empire as well so they're they're enthusiastic about siding with the enemy of the british empire (laughs) Um, so any comments uh, from anybody i I just kind of wanted to get something out for the spain first uh catholics and the americas uh, follower or banister y'all got any thoughts things to say
2: God bless America. <laughs> God bless America. God bless America, man. I'm going, yeah. I'm going red, white, and blue right now. Yeah. I, uh... No, I, I, I always look forward to, uh, to this day, you know, and and the history that we have, you know, is, as messed up as we are, as messed up as we have been uh, in the past, it's a remarkable place. It's a hmm. wild experiment, you know, and I've got plenty of criticisms, but I love this country. And it's one of those things where I think sometimes people, they get wrapped up in an either or that isn't otherwise good, but messy, both and about this country. And one can say, well, was it a Catholic Republic or not? I do not share the idea that it was, but it doesn't mean it was entirely non-Catholic either. Right. So I don't have to have Timothy Gordon's position necessarily uh, to recognize the great influence that Catholicism has had, not only in the past, But like, for example, right now, (laughs) right now with things that have been going on, yeah, Yeah. you're seeing a lot of Catholic fingerprints all over the place. (laughs) And so, you know, it's just true. And I think it'll be a remarkable thing. I almost wish, you know, I used to say that I used to wish that politicians would have to wear any kind of corporation or group that sponsors them. They should wear a tag on their shirt kind of like people in nascar do yeah um i almost wish that there was some kind of a symbol for for catholicism too (laughs) because i think people would go man these are amazing decisions and then they'd look over and go wow that's a lot of crucifixes over there like look at this and so they're really grateful for it um you know uh and so but i just want to say that you know that regardless of all of the things that that we can we do and we shall in fact this upcoming year probably say regarding gripes and complaints and everything else and legit criticisms of the united states that is still our home country still where we're from and uh and i love it
0: yeah i, I, I love to say i yeah. mean like luis was just saying uh i mean I'm, I'm just grateful to live in these united states rather than a lot of other countries through the COVID madness uh, there's yeah. few countries that have matched the United States' ability to resist the tyranny. That's great. Thank God.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll echo uh, Jeremiah's statements. I, it, you know, we could we could be doom and gloom and nitpicking America to death, but I, well, what's the point? We're not going to change our past. So, is it is it messy? Is it muddy? Of course, uh, but embracing it. And looking forward to maybe a brighter future. So I I was reading something last night entirely unrelated to America, but it was the end of a dreary essay on the modern world uh, by Romano Guardini. And he's just slogging through a hundred pages of why the modern world and the postmodern world, which he doesn't even have a name for, is just this monster that is going to kill itself basically. But then the last five pages are, but I really think the church is going to come through and things are going to be great because people are going to recognize this. And I thought, wow, after bringing me down for five chapters, he really ended on a high note. And that may be, I mean, that may be the saga of our country. We start with a war, right? Uh, Tension, strife, grief. We have another war. Uh, Some call it the second civil war. And now we're, we're in this, the midst of what seems to be the death throes of our nation in a lot of ways but there's a light at the end of the tunnel right there's a we saw that light glimmering a little bit on June 24th will we see it in the future yeah we will if if we live it right so I think you know like Jeremiah said God bless America God bless these United States and I do want to add one more thing I am really scandalized by how young Jeremiah looks right now. <laughs> yeah,
2: and dude, check out my jawline. Look at this. I know, dude. My no. dude, my when you... my double chin's almost gone. I gotta do this <sighs> to even get that double chin going right now.
4: You, I'm feeling you can't good. Yeah, I have actually four. I have four chins under the beard. <laughs> you can't.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, ha- I had to shave it off. I just. You know, I've been doing that fat shame to fitness program and it's just I made it up, of course. And um, and it's totally awesome. And it's working, you know, just remarkably well, obviously. But the thing is, is that I, I had a beard, so I couldn't tell. I'm like, you know, do I still have the the jowls of a, a bulldog? Like what's going on? What's underneath the beard? You know, kind of thing, because last time I shaved, I had that really stupid look in double chin where it's like you shave your face and you immediately regret it. Because <laughs> you look yeah. and you go ah, like you're, like, you're, you're, doing, you're doing like that thing. Yeah. Where you're like you're like gluing on some of the dog hair. Like you're like <laughs> trying to cover it. I'm like, what's going on? Looking like some crazy lunatic. But um, but it, that's what I looked like last time. So I was like, I I need to see this man. I, you know, I'm I'm my clothes are fitting different, so I shaved. And yes, it definitely, yeah, I definitely shave off years of my my face when I when I shave. Yeah. You know? No, you look good man thank you man so, yeah. how do you guys think that
0: catholics should celebrate the 4th of july i
2: think Absolutely. they
1: should embrace it yeah yeah i mean there's no shame of it and and jake mentioned something very important which is the uh humble origins of our nation i actually think that's great i mean no country has a perfect history no human encounter societies are perfect unfortunately that's just the way it is but what i marvel by america's uh history is we started from such a obscure and low, you know, just the um, initial point, and look what has what God has made, you know, this country, um, and we still see it june 24th was one of the greatest moments in my opinion was the greatest moment in the last hundred years more important than the berlin wall uh, when it fell that relevant so and what happens here obviously has you know repercussions across the world across the not just the western world the whole globe that's why everybody literally you have the greek uh prime minister uh, criticizing America's decision for life. And it's like, well, they, they criticize that if, clearly because it matters, you know, because Russia, um, you know, nobody cares about that or China with all the respect. But America is a different story. <laughs> so we should embrace that. And yeah, because when you get these people thinking, they, you know, silly dialectic about the Russian Americans. There's no dialectic. It's just America right now. This is our, you know, spot. We're responsible as what we do with this nation, by the way. And we're seeing progress as um, uh, Jeremiah. I think used this great point about the fingerprints of Catholicism going on. So we should embrace it whole hoc, uh and, and keep pushing. If you uh, allow me, Timothy, I'm going to make a quick announcement or petition. I mentioned on the channel too, on the Telegram. But speaking of life, very quickly, um, Kansas is one of the battlegrounds for life right now. On August 2nd, they have a referendum. And long story short is they want to make Kansas kind of like the safe haven for uh, infanticide. Um, because Texas, Arkansas, Missouri, all these border states obviously have turned pro-life, and particularly this corner of of Kansas, the southeast corner of Kansas, the area of Pittsburgh, Kansas, they want to turn it into a safe haven for people to go get abortions there. So if you're in Kansas or you can vote there, please, uh, you know, Vote for life. Do your uh, diligent American duty and uh, fight for freedom in life, you know, as, as our forefathers did. But anyway, we should embrace it. There are no conflicted interests. Uh, Adrian will, um, I'm sure he will agree with me, uh, but this whole concept of like, well, it's only for certain type of demographic or language or culture. The, the only ones who kind of have access to embrace the American greatness is obviously nonsense. You know, it's all for us. And. I'm very thankful for this nation. Uh, as a foreign-born, you know, now American uh, immigrant, uh, it's been nothing but blessings. It's not perfect, but I'm very thankful for this nation.
3: Yeah, and, and, and at least what you're saying is true. Is it's just like we know, you know, as Catholics, that uh, patriotism is a virtue, right? There's no, there's no conflicting interest there. Uh, you know, uh, fireworks and and, and barbecues, and all and stuff. Is and this is not like somehow like you're you're celebrating Mason, masonry or something? You know, it's, it's not even like that uh, much, much like any other celebration, you know, it it depends on, you know, like, like, like what your, your motivation is. Right. (laughs) I think, I think that's, I think we all have, you know, a pretty, pretty solid motivation for the 4th of July. I think we all understand, uh, you know, that, uh, as with any country, right. No, no country's founding is perfect or anything like that, but it is like where we live. It is our, it is our, it is our, our, our nation, our country. And so it's like, you know, we have to, we have to, to embrace the good, you know, and, uh, uh when it comes to like the founding right uh, i wrote a lot about this in my article uh, about founding myths right because uh, the founding myths really inform uh, what a nation's about and so e- even if you uh, if you look at um uh, the sort of the, the founding myths uh, uh, the, from the new england colonies it's it's a little different than than what the the the, the history history is right because we know that uh in uh, particularly in Florida and a lot of these things a lot of these these the, the first of anything uh in the continent of the United States were catholic the first ever mass ever celebrated uh first ever you know religious celebration was a mass was catholic um the first ever uh, christmas spent in in this in this area by uh, it was actually Hernando de Soto in Tallahassee so that was the first ever christmas celebration The first Thanksgiving, uh, ostensibly, uh, you know, there's there's so many firsts and a lot of these firsts are firmly Catholic, you know. And so there's there's so much much there to 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 remember and and to to have in mind when we think about these things. And we're talking about uh, June 24th, too. I think it's kind of kind of providential that it was it was it was helped by by Catholics, because if you look in, again, St. Augustine, the oldest. Parish, oldest Catholic community in in these United States, they, they have a, a huge devotion uh, to uh, Nuestra Señora de la Leche y Buen Parto. That's Our, Our Lady. Literally, it means Our Lady of uh, of uh, of milk and good delivery. So, like you know, breast milk and whatnot. So, it's a very maternal image. Why? Because it is uh, the the Blessed Virgin um, nursing the the baby Jesus. And the infant Jesus, and so we see here sort of this 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 beautiful, uh, you know, I guess pro-life image, you know, uh, very Marian. And so I, I think it's it, it's it's fascinating. That's one of the first ever Marian images in in the in North America, uh, especially in, in light of recent decisions, in light of, of of what we're living today. And to me, I think I think uh, it's uh, it's incredible, especially this image right there. Um, we see the, the crowns on it. Uh, just recently uh, last year they received the canonical uh, coronation so that's when uh, the uh, when Rome acknowledges a, uh, an image as you know something that that, that should be um, uh, a, a, a devotion that that is widespread, not just a, a local community And so it becomes this this image now becomes something that uh, that, that, that uh, the church really, encourages the entire uh, entire church to to venerate into and, and to to get something from and it's kind of fascinating too because a lot of people have from this this image from this uh this this mission uh because this image is in this the, the oldest little mission uh in the uh, in the united states it's called name of god uh, mission nombre de dios and uh, in that mission a lot of people have received the miracles too from this image uh especially concerning infertility uh concerning you know uh, difficult pregnancies uh, uh you know they that, that sort of uh, those, those sort of issues and so we see that you know the our Blessed Mother really comes through <laughs> with a, uh uh ele- at the 11th hour for people who who really need it as and I think really uh, we're seeing that too for uh the, our country as a whole so that's something that that gives me a lot of hope and that's something that that I'm definitely going to be celebrating today
0: yeah I think uh uh, I, I love this what you did here, Adrian. I, I really so everybody check out one Peter five at around eleven a.m. Eastern time because there's a lot of great photos that Adrian shares in his article. A lot of more details than we have time to share here today. Um, but yeah, I love this Our Lady of La Leche. It's just so beautiful. Um, one thing I did want to say, uh, somewhat critically, I guess, but. <clears throat> There is a certain legacy of an, like, I I want to celebrate patriotically, gratefully, loving the United States, loving my state, Michigan. Um, But at the same time, there's a certain Catholic inferiority complex, which is the the heritage of the Anglo-Catholics in the United States, like the Carroll family and, and their legacy, which is particularly problematic. So the Spanish Catholic legacy in the United States is wonderful, and but not without its own problems, obviously. And so so, so as, as well, the French, and we also have the Irish. But the Irish <laughs> especially sort of led the way with this inferiority complex in the later 19th century. And the, what I mean by that is there is, like when you read James Gibbons' uh, Faith of Our Fathers, one of the most famous texts of United States Catholicism, uh, he really is trying his best to tell everybody that the Catholic colony of Maryland is really what created the Declaration of Independence and that, that all these ideas that Anglos, Anglo-Americans hold dear, Protestant-Americans hold dear. And there just seems to be this. And then later on with John Courtney Murray going into Vatican II, there just seems to be these Catholics who are so scared of the protestant anglo-puritan establishment in the united states that they are just jumping over backward to try to suppress their catholicism and celebrate every single thing about the united states which is uh i mean is good but also maybe protestant and puritan um just uh creating this conformist catholicism where all we want to do as Catholics in the United States is we just want to play nice with everybody. You know, this culminates with John F. Kennedy's speech before he was elected president, where he repudiates his Catholicism by saying that uh, he he says in so many words that no Catholic, because everybody was scared that the Catholics, you know, they'd take orders from Rome or maybe an easier way to say that is that they'd just be Catholic. They just uh, let their Catholic faith inform their policies. And John F. Kennedy said, no, absolutely not. The separation of church and state is absolute. You know, there's a total separation between my Catholic faith and my politics. In other words, exactly what Joe Biden says. I personally am against abortion or whatever. I don't even know if he says it. I think he said it in the past, but Catholics will still say this. I think Nancy Pelosi says something that's like, like I'm personally, I'm personally a privately opposed to abortion, but I'm not going to impose my views on anybody. And this is really this legacy of this Catholic inferiority complex, um, which unfortunately, I think the one of the biggest reasons for that is that they they haven't taken pride in the Spanish legacy or the French legacy. They've they've really taken pride in the legacy of Lord Baltimore, which was in impitu- particularly unique but thought any thoughts on that gentlemen what are your what are your comments on on that part of fourth of july
3: well if i if i could comment on on that i think um i think it's, i think that's something that I, th- I think about quite often i think of, about uh private catholicism as opposed to to sort of the social kingship of christ right we and, and for me that's something very important you know having uh, the faith be visible it be be uh, public be something that, that that everyone can can see right uh, and I think um, in particular you see that in, in expressed a lot by um, I know that the Hispanic world has a, a long long tradition of having uh, you know big floats you know these these incredible parades the incredible processions and that's something that that I think is very indicative of, uh, of that sort of of um, particular flavor of Catholicism, that particular expression of Catholicism, of of, uh, Hispanic Catholicism, where it is very vocal, it is very visible, and it is a social engagement. It is something that the entire community is encouraged to participate in. And I I, I see that often, too, because this is what I do for fun. Sometimes I'll I'll look up, you know, that kind of stuff on YouTube, and (laughs) and you'll see sometimes even atheists will say, oh, I moved to, to spain or i moved to to mexico or i moved to you know wherever and i just really enjoy looking at these possessions i don't believe in it i don't like it but i like looking at it and it's like it's interesting too because it's like it's uh it, it is integral to the culture into the, the sort of uh, social fabric as opposed to uh sort of uh, i remember uh, hearing a little bit about the sort of the history of, uh, of the Irish, you know, were unfortunately, they, you know, there, there was a lot of persecution. Uh, obviously, this is very—it's it, all, it's all, you know, it's, it's sort of different histories informed the different expressions as well. Uh, there was a lot of persecution, and so a lot of a lot of masses had to be in the woods. They had to be super hidden, and so there was sort of this this uh, this this very latent fear uh, of, of public expression of Catholicism that was that was uh, left in in the in the psyche, I guess, uh, and. Uh, you know, I have sort of this working theory that uh, you know, I, I really think this this is sort of this is a joke, but I I think that 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 uh, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi are actually kind of sleeper agents. I think that they've been working with Rome to actually advance uh, pro life causes. <laughs> I, think, I think Nancy Pelosi took the fall. I think uh, our Archbishop Corleone said, "Look, I need you to to teach people about uh, <laughs> about who can receive communion," and uh, and so she said, "Yes, yes, yes, you're actually, I will, I will take the fall." I I think it's not as grim as we think it is in in these
2: United States. I think it's providential that they that we can even talk of those two, even though they were opposed to it, that even they Mm -hmm. were Catholic, they're in bad standing. They need to go to confession, but they are they're still the weeds that we deal with. Right. The Augustinian weeds in the pews kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's providential that even they are there, (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. but I, I agree with Tim on this. I think that when I said, you know, we, that I'm going to celebrate it. I'm, I'm glad I'm joyful about it. Um, I mean, I call myself a glad trad anyway, but like the idea of being a glad trad is also the recognition that, um, yes, joy comes in the morning, but this is also a valley of tears and that we, one of the things about being glad is that we pray and that we pray on our knees that we're hopeful but at the same time that we're realistic about what we're dealing with at the time. And there are things in fact to be really sad about and things to be to 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 be broken hearted over, right? to continue. Even even um even the ruling on abortion um it's not it's not an outlawing of anything, right? Now it leaves it to the states, which is much better. But we now we have to deal with that and I I pray that uh Catholics don't don't celebrate too soon and pop the champagne too soon because the other side's not Um, the other side's fighting tooth and nail. And that this would reinvigorate us in fact, but that we would see this as a reinvigoration that it'd be, it's good timing that we say, yes, we can be excited about this. It's okay. It's okay to be super pumped and, and to no longer have that inferiority complex that says, ah, we gotta, you know, do like JFK did. And interestingly enough, he's dealing with the Baptists. Right, it was yeah. a, What is a, a Baptist convention in Houston or whatever, where he yeah. gave that speech, uh, similar to uh, the early founding, uh, trying about the wall of separation that had to do with the Baptists, right? So that's been kind of a thing for a long time. In fact, those darn Baptists, <laughs> 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 and, and you know what? And they were, you know, I mean, so we got we got to deal with that, right? But one of the things we could do is just recognize that yes, there there is a great unity here in that America is a big us, right? A big US, and it's a big us. Uh, at the same time, that us is constantly in dialogue <laughs> and constantly scrapping and doing their darndest because we have the right to, and in fact, are the responsibility to, to bring our best and to advance the reasons to convince our fellow Americans why we believe that any given policy is better than the other. I think that that should be especially hopeful Catholics as we, in fact have the best ideas. And so I think we and we can right. we can promote them in a way that's robust that's not just limited to you better believe the Bible, but beyond that, that we can use natural reason, that we can use science, that we can use all of these different mechanisms at our disposal in order to convince the great number of very diverse people of the positions that are maintained most robustly and most fully by the Catholic Church. And so I think that yes, Joyful, yes, there's gonna be awesome fireworks on display in my neighborhood today. But at the same time, we gotta get on our knees and pray.
4: Right, and I think a lot of the um, inferiority complex pro- probably stems from some of the black legends coming out of Anglo culture, you know, which which is one of the dominant cultures in the United States, right? I, I share it. I know, uh, Jeremiah, you share some English heritage. Um, and so the, the, well, I guess the desire to be accepted by your fellow Americans who were Protestant or whatever else causes Anglo Catholics to want to kind of fit in, you know, blend in in a way that's maybe less conspicuous. So, so it's more like, well, we're, we're with you. We're not those crazy guys with the statues and the processions, but that's uh, a false dichotomy. And, and that's got to go. If we live our faith the way the Spanish, the way the French, the way the Italians live the faith, then this country will be transformed and for the better, right? I think what England brought was uh, a certain pragmatism and some practical wisdom and a healthy system of government, more or less. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I have critiques of the American government, but in general, like, it does function. And those were, for the most part... English ideas. But when you combine them with the Catholic culture, especially from uh, the French and the Spanish, what an amazing place this could be. And so it's it's time to stop being Catholic in private, buying buying into the liberal lie that there is this privatization of religion and the separation of church and state whatever that means in fine in the nitty-gritty detail right which the church has been battling the state over since its inception right first with the roman empire then the eastern roman empire and so on and so on the the battle over church and state isn't an american thing it's a catholic thing because we are here to transform the world and so in so doing if we live our faith and live it in the way that Hispanic culture lives it, then we're going to continue to see more moments like the, the overturn of Roe v. Wade. We're going to continue to see more moments in our history that are just like that. you know. And so it's, it's time to be done with the desire to be accepted. On the one hand, we're not going to be accepted. We're Catholics. We'll always be the outcasts in some way. So accept it and move on. But then again, there's a lot of people that could be influenced by us for the good. You know, I think of my neighbor, guy down the street, three or four houses down, who may or may not see this video. In fact, I'll probably send him the link. Uh, this fellow has been inquiring into Catholicism slowly over the years. And when he asked me questions, or why do you do this? Why do you think that? I don't say, oh, well, you know, it's because kind of this weird thing. It's just one of those traditions we hang on to. I'm like, oh, no, man, because this, this is what Jesus said. And just boom front and center this is who we are this is what we do i'm not ashamed of it and if all american catholics acted like that then i would imagine it wouldn't be long before we'd had an actual catholic president <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah
2: third yeah. time's
3: the charm
4: i guess
1: yeah
2: <laughs> well you and- <laughs>
3: we, we I don't know two two years and uh, an abortion is okay is, is is no longer on the books. So I don't know. He's doing pretty well, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Tacker. Well, to,
1: to God be the glory, man. I mean, that's the sign of you know God, God is teaching us a great lesson, saying that. I mean, you thought you need like a special kind of leader, politically speaking. It's like no, the glory goes to me, you know, for the Lord. Uh, and and I see the wonderful right. testimony uh, when, and the grand scheme of things, I see as you guys remember, our country was consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, which, by the way, is another Spanish connection. That's the other country that actually recognized Mary as the Immaculate, you know, way back then. Um, So I think it was 1846 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And I see Our Lady reclaiming what belongs to her, in this case of our nation, America. Little by little, we have seen that shift and that change. Recently, the Pope just consecrated Russia, and that's great. But That's a recent phenomenon. America has been consecrated to Our Lady for a while, and we start seeing those gains little by little through imperfect Catholics among those. I'm um, the first one, by the way, of those imperfect Catholics. And hopefully for our kids or our grandkids, we'll see this even better. Just like Jake uh, mentioned, different Catholic manifestations of victory or what belongs, you know, what's supposed to be Catholic uh, victories, which is not a suppression of culture, by the way. Uh, this is one of the distinctives of Catholicism. Catholicism sanctifies. It doesn't eradicate or erase. It glorifies or sanctifies what needs to be sanctified. And it discards what needs to be discarded. Uh, on, on like uh, different cultures when they go and they impose and it's either we win and we erase you or you you know transform us uh, and Catholicism doesn't work that way so and I mentioned it with Timothy long ago it is uh dynamic with we balance things or well, they balance things without erasing your cultural heritage so we're not talking here at least from my perspective about erasing the great english contribution and we choose the bulk of it what is america it's not all of it but it's a big bulk of it that the british or the english brought here like jake mentioned great institution great pragmatism in a lot of ways but when you infuse that it's just not enough when you infuse it with these catholic elements and culturally speaking we create something great and this is what our nation is turning into and in my observation obviously like i mentioned before This is happening because of Our Lady is reclaiming what belongs to her, which is this country and the whole continent.
0: Yeah, I just want to comment on that quick note. So the Santa Maria under Christopher Columbus sailed under the banner of Santa Maria de Immaculate Concepcion. I think I Mm -hmm. got I don't know if I got that Spanish right, but it's the obviously St. Mary of the Immaculate Conception in 1492 hitting the Americas. And then it was 1792, Bishop John Carroll, um, Jesu- Jesuit bishop on, at a time when the Jesuits were suppressed unjustly, but he consecrated the United States to the Immaculate Conception in 1792. And then the, so there, the, the Basilica, which is interesting, I, I just learned this when I went to D.C. for the March for Life, mm. the Basilica of the Immacul- Immaculate Conception is the highest point in the in D.C., Mm-hmm. And there's actually a law on the books in D.C. that nothing can be higher than the Washington Monument. So because the Basilica is actually higher than the Washington Monument, the Catholic Church pays a dollar fee. I think it's a dollar fee. It's like something really small. It pays a fee every year to the D.C. because it's breaking this law. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's this great. It's this great little testament to the fact that Our Lady of the American. It's an unjust law. Uh yeah. <laughs> of 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 a long of. Is, it's just like ah our lady's like, no, I, I think I will be the highest point, actually. <laughs> um so it, yeah, it's it's great, it's a great little tidbit. Um so we need to, I think the other the other celebratory feast day of the United States needs to be December eighth. We need to yeah. celebrate the United States on December eighth because our lady of the Immaculate Conception is our, our patroness, and uh in particular when Pius the Ninth dogmatized the Immaculate Conception of 1854. And <laughs> side note, I should say that the army of Flanders, the Hispanic army of Flanders, <laughs> I should say, uh, fought under the Immaculate Conception since the yeah. Dutch revolt of the 1580s. Yeah. Uh, but Pius IX mentions how the Immaculate, the Immaculate Conception says one thing about Our Lady, and then it says another thing about the rest of humanity. It confirms that we're all under original sin,
1: yeah. and
0: we cannot build a society without having the, the cultists, the public cultists, pay uh, worship to Almighty God and ask for divine grace because we're under original sin, all but Our Lady. And so that's why it rebukes the hubris of, if, if the United States does not ask the protection of Almighty God. Uh, but I think that the, Our Lady has nevertheless works in the United States despite any, any and all uh, hubris of the enemies of Christ.
2: I was going to say something that uh, I think one of the reasons why we do so well and why we should be so glad, um, because it's not changing anytime soon, is that one of the things that Catholicism has that's different uh, in the United States is we actually have a social theory. Um, And our social theory is connected to an institution and an institution that professes itself, in fact, to be infallible and to have universal jurisdiction, competence and authority. And I think that's important because, it, it, you know, the closest thing America ever had was was probably the Puritans. But the Puritans it based it off of uh, they were theocentric, right? Like we are we're just wanting to restore all things in Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: it was they're stuck in the Protestant paradigm. Right. So it was still Sola Scriptura. They were they were left at the behest of the winds and the waves of whatever came their way, whereas Catholicism does not. And it's funny. It was there's a book. I've mentioned it before political polytheism, interesting book. People should check it out for this, especially for today. Um, But the five points, right, that even the Puritans would recognize would be of the covenant, covenant people, transcendence, right? Sovereignty, yet eminence, presence, hierarchy, authority, and representation, ethics, law, and dominion, oath, judgment, and sanction, or blessing and curses, Uh, succession, continuity, inheritance. On every single one of those scores, we win. It's what it led me. Ultimately, I I used to agree with this guy. I was a a Calvinist. We Catholics
0: win. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes. We Catholics. Catholicism wins. Right. Catholicism wins on each one of those scores. We win because they they've demonstrated the various other rival views within Christianity have demonstrated. People can see it right now that they cannot hold the tide of nihilism at bay. They cannot, they, they are caving in, caving in and as bad as we experience things, as bad as all the things around us, um, we're leading the way <laughs> and it, and it's yeah. inherent in our system. It's part of our design. It's part of our divine constitution. And so these things it's in, and even down to the opposition to contraception, the idea that it's transgenerational, it continues and goes and goes, whereas you're seeing in other Uh, expressions of Christianity, even in this country, the domination of that, the domination of all different things. So I think we should be, take comfort in it, not triumphalistically, but in a way that says we can win this. We are, we are, we are uh, destined in fact to win this, but that means we got to fight. And it means we got to pray and love an awful lot.
0: There we go. Let's perfect way to end this. Let's, let's say an Ave uh, on that note right there. Thank you, Jeremiah. Uh, Luis, can you be my wingman on the Ave again? Yes, sir. Uh, so yeah, let's let's invoke Our Lady of the Milk, Our Lady La Leche, and uh, ask God's blessing upon the United States of America. In nomine Patris et Filii Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus.
1: Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc eti ora mortis nostre. Amen.
0: Nuestra Senora de la Leche,
1: rego por nosotros.
0: En nomine Patris, et vidi Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Jesus is King. God bless America. Amen.